A landmark new book is called Statements from the Soul, and it makes a powerful case that the Uluru Statement from the Heart, which underpins the referendum that we'll have later this year, is a deeply spiritual document. One of the contributors is well known to you, ABC journalist and writer Stan Grant, and I met Stan in a place that's significant for him. Stan, we're here at Coogee Beach, a slight breeze, the waves, we can hear them lapping against the shore. Uh, Often, Stan, of course, you can hear the parties going on, but you come to Coogee Beach pretty much every morning. Why? What does it do for you? Whether it's Coogee Beach, whether it's back home in my own country, wherever I can get close to God is where I start my day. To be in God's creation is why I get up early. To see that sunrise, to feel the breeze, to look at the water, to walk under the trees, it connects me to God. Because as a Wiradjuri, Gamilaroi Darawal man, my connection to God is through my connection to who I am and where I am. So it's really important for me to make that that connection. And Andrew, I see other people out at the same time. And these may not be people who speak in the terms that I speak, but I recognize in them a very deep yearning, a yearning for the things that we can't know, the things we can't see, things we can't measure under a microscope or in our bank accounts, the things of the soul, those things of God. Often I'll listen to spiritual texts or readings of the Bible or things that connect me to that part of me that needs to walk with God. I'll tell you what also speaks of connection and yearning. It's the Uluru Statement from the Heart. You are a contributor to a new book, Statements from the Soul, the moral case for the Uluru Statement from the Heart. First of all, why is the Uluru Statement, in your view, very much about God? Psalm 43.1, Andrew, vindicate me, O God, and plead my cause against an ungodly nation. That's it. Vindicate me, O God, plead my cause against an ungodly nation. That's the statement from the soul. That's our standing as God's people in the land God gave us to speak back to the sins against God in this land with all the righteousness, with all the anger, but also the love and the forgiveness that this calls from us to our nation, to stand in all of that. That's the moral, spiritual power of the statement from the heart. It's a righteous anger. It's not a blind anger, though. But let's not forget, Andrew, that God is an angry God. Jesus says, too, I don't come to bring peace. I come to bring a sword. This is not someone who shies away from what is right. And I was raised with that. Our love, our forgiveness comes from the God in us. But the God in us speaks incredibly powerfully to injustice. God chooses, and we are on the side of God in our struggle against injustice. 
of righteous anger, not a resentful, vengeful anger, because that would be to fail God, but most definitely to stand there in God's righteous anger at what has happened to us. In the midst of the pain, Stan, you do write about this concept of never forgetting the tragedy, but remembering it in a particular way. What are you talking about there? I'm inspired by Miroslav Vorf, the great theologian, who of course was once asked, he's Croatian, was once asked, can he embrace a Chetnik, Serbian nationalist fighter? He said, no, but I must. And I have to confront that. How do I embrace those who have done the worst to us? And that is not in forgetting, but in remembering rightly to hold on to justice, the righteousness and indeed the anger, but be guided by God in love and forgiveness. Never allow those things to poison the soul, to actually see yourself in the other. We share this place, Andrew. We live in the place together with all that history between us. I need to find a way to live with the suffering of my people in a way where they are never forgotten. They're never buried twice. But they are remembered rightly, without vengeance and resentment, but with justice and righteousness. How does the Uluru Statement weave the relationship with this country, with this red earth, Mm. into a relationship with God? Sovereignty is a spiritual notion. (laughs) That's what it says. It says that explicitly. You know, sovereignty, we hear this word thrown around a lot. And I often scratch my head, and I often scratch my head when I find myself using it or find hear other Aboriginal people using it because it's not our word. In the modern context, it's a Western, Westphalian word, the idea of national sovereignty, law, these things that were used against us. But when we talk about a spiritual notion, that's God. You know, I was back home recently on my own country for a gathering at the old Warren Gesda mission when my great-grandmother was born under a tree. My great-great-grandparents rounded up and taken there. A place that shook with God. And I stood in that country and I found not a slither of light between God, me and my place. Whatever word you want to use, that is our being. If you want to use sovereignty, if you want to use law, whatever, they're the words of politics. They're white words. But that's our place. That's our being. And that's what comes from the statement from the soul. The statement from the soul, the Uluru statement, speaks about the torment of powerlessness. Mm. I think everyone can understand that. But I want to understand the power the moral power that also comes, that is also imbued in the first Australians by their relationship with the land. Relationship with the land first is a relationship with God. The land is God's gift to us. Bayami is a word, a Viradjuri word that we use for God. It is the creator God. That relationship between our creator and the place it was gifted to us, is our moral authority, which can never be taken from us, never be taken from us. And we hold that for the rest of Australia. 
We hold that. When I was raised, the church, the Aboriginal church that I was raised in was a place that shook with the power of God, Andrew. It shook with it. The words of Isaiah 59.9, justice is far from us. We walk in darkness. That's the challenge to this country. It's an unjust country. It walks in darkness. And we are people of light because of our relationship to God and this place that God gifted to us. In the book, though, you do write about the redemptive opportunity that does exist for Australia, and it comes through the relationship with the first Australians. Most definitely, because I'll say this, and this may land hard in some people's ears. I don't believe you can come to God in this country any other way but through the people of God in this country. We are on the land that God gave us and the redemption for this country. And it does need redemption. In fact, it needs atonement. It needs to atone for those sins which are not just sins against man. They are sins against God. And they're of a different order of magnitude. And the way to atonement is through truth, is through love, is through a reconciliation and a forgiveness earned, earned, not just assumed, but earned through coming to a rightful relationship with us as the people of this land. That's a hard thing. It's a hard road. It's a hard reckoning. But our people have been leading Australia on this journey for 200 years. Stan, it's good to have you back on the Religion and Ethics Report. Thank you. It's always a pleasure. Thank you, Andrew. Find more great ABC RN stories that take you beyond the headlines on the ABC Listen app.